on. What's up, beautiful people? It is your girl, Jay Rochelle, and I am looking good, feeling great, and giving you guys the best sport takes. Welcome and welcome back to season two of Shh, The Game Is On. Uh, before I dig into it, I just want to say thank you to everybody who supported me and gave me feedback, who listened, who reposted, who shared, who, you know, engaged in all that great stuff in the first season of Shh, The Game Is On. I know it was a lot shorter than I intended it to be, but you know the way that COVID be working, it just it, 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 it was it was preventing me from giving you all some consistent content. But that was then. This is now. I am ready to get into it. Um, so much has changed since the last time we've spoken. Um, we now have an NBA champion, a WNBA champion, an NFL champion, and a lot of other great things in the sports world have changed since the last time we've spoken. Oh, and I am also in a new location. I guess you can call me a Georgia peach. I actually don't because I'm actually a Maryland girl until the day that I die. But I guess you can say that I kind of added a peach to my lifestyle because I now have relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. Really have been liking it so far. Um, it's not home, but I have really appreciated what has been able to offer me thus far. You know, and if I'm honest, you know, this is a free gym for the day. Um, I had just kind of thought that it was time to, um, you know, take myself out of my comfort zone to kind of help to push to get me um, into the places that I wanted to be. You know, it was it was an opportunity to kind of bring me more opportunities. And as uneasy and, you know, scared and worried as I was about it, you know, I had to put faith in the great man above and kind of walk in confidence in a new location doing something that I have not done before. So... That has brought me here. Um, I know you guys don't come here for free gyms, but you should because, you know, the girl, I'm good for dropping a few. You know what I'm saying? But, but I know that's not why you guys are here. And I have so much that I want to get into today. So let's get into it. Oh, wow. Okay, so right now we are in, I can't believe we're actually in March. That's kind of crazy. Like 2021 can kind of slow down a bit. But we're in March. And more importantly, we are uh, we are in the we are at the midseason point of the NBA. Okay, um, shout out to Adam Silver as I constantly shout him out. Him and so many other sports commissioners for giving us a somewhat of a regular season in the midst of this pizza party, aka this pandemic. Um, the fact that they're able to, you know. Uh, put these different protocols and things in place to kind of keep uh, us entertained and, you know, kind of keep some some jobs running for a lot of people right now by giving us a, uh, a NBA season is, is pretty awesome. But we are at the midseason point of this condensed season because of COVID. Um, 36 games have, play, have been played and there are 36 more games to be played. Now, the best part about the midseason break of the NBA is the All-Star Weekend. And this year, again, because of Miss Rona, we didn't have an All-Star Weekend, but we were able to have an All-Star Experience. And the experience, uh, it was a about, I guess you could say, maybe about like a five-hour event type of situation where um, they, they kind of condensed all of the activities that would happen over the weekend into a day's worth of, of time. Um, it started off with the Taco Bell skill set challenge, which shout out to Sabanas. He won that. And then we it was followed by the three-point contest where 
your one and only Chef Curry did his thing. I mean, <laughs> the man dropped 31 in the first in the first round. Like it doesn't get any more Steph than than Steph. And then he beats Mike Conley by one point in the second round to win yet another three point contest. Um, if it's one thing that we know that Steph Curry is gonna be, is Chef Curry because that's what he does. Okay. And then the main event, team LeBron versus team Durant, where team LeBron became victorious 170 to 150. Your boy is now four and oh with the whole all-star GMs. Okay. I mean, clearly Bron Bron knows how to pick a team. All right. He knows how to pick a team and he knows how to pretty much win with whomever. That's all I'm saying. All you Bron haters be quiet. All right. <laughs> now, before we dig into the All-Star game and this, these mid-season reviews of this team, um, I have a friend that I am bringing on, somebody who is another colleague of mine. I've had the pleasure of getting able to work with her and also chop it up with her outside of work. She is very energized, uh, a Kobe fanatic, <laughs> but she is an executive producer, content creator, and a host of her own podcast, Rolling with Ramos. Shout out to my girl, Miss Michael. Michael, welcome to the podcast. We're here. And um, every time you every time I ring your phone, you answer. So it's only right that when you call me, I have to answer. I appreciate you for having me on. I know you're revamping everything. I know you're getting everything together. And I'm so happy for you, proud of you. Yes, we've no it's been a long time. What I want to say, uh 2008, 9 since then, maybe 10. No, not 2010. Yeah. No, not that far back. Maybe. Maybe about, maybe about 15, 16, 17, yes, that's 15, fair. 16, 17. So, um, we've been on the grind since our days being from the DMV yeah. and nobody understands how it means to be a report, not just a reporter, but a girl from a DMV, unless you're from the DMV. So it's a very small community, but it's a good community and we all support each other. So I'm so happy for you and I'm ready to get down with you and get this sports magic popping. Let's go. That sports magic. Okay. I love it. Told you the energy is one of a kind. Now, were you able to tune into the all-star experience and catch any of the, the contest or the main event? I watched some of it. I work overnight, unfortunately, so I can't be the night owl that I want to be. Sometimes I have to turn off some games sometimes, but from what I did see, um, it was it, it is crazy because the last time I spoke to you, we were all trying to figure out how we were going to keep abreast in sports with the pandemic and how we were going to continue to talk about it. And everybody started moving to IG Live. And the last time you we spoke, I, I asked you, were they able going, were they going to be able to have this season? Are you sure? And I was a little bit apprehensive because I, after such a bubble experience, it's like, how do you go from the bubble and being able to do be so productive there? So now it's helter skelter. We can do what you want. You like they grown. They gonna be able to do it. They better be able to do it. And here we go. They're able to do it. And when we actually are at the All Star break, not with them shutting it whole down. But um, so history repeats itself with us. It's crazy. But um, I what I did see from what I did see, I enjoyed um, because people like to put them two against each other so much. I enjoyed Damian Lillard and um, Stephen Curry. I enjoyed the dynamic of them too. And I loved watching them, even LeBron talking about, you know, it, first of all, welcome back Steph Curry. 
Everybody, everybody kept saying in his absence, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. Damian Lillard was taking this space and that space. Steph Curry has not only come back and, 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 and shown that injury cannot hold him back. It almost seems as though the Warriors have not, they haven't skipped a beat and they still look good enough to be in contention and they're not far behind from it. Yes, Clay Thompson, him going down was tremendous. And we hope that he gets bet well and gets better soon. And even the three-point contest that Steph won, he alluded to his friend. He bought him home some hardware. But um, yeah, the dynamic that I enjoyed the most was watching Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. Because like I said, they always pin, pin them two against each other. Um, it's nice that, that that it's all love and it's all respect, even if their games are during the season placed in that point guard category. But it was nice watching them. I can agree. I didn't think I would have enjoyed as much as I did seeing Dame and Steph on the same team, probably because I I fall very guilty to those people who love to compare the two. But um, yeah, that, that was definitely very interesting to watch. I think Steph had ended with like 26 and Dame ended with 32. Ending the game on Dame time, I was like, this is great. This is, this is amazing. Um, Giannis, also, I, I was completely surprised at uh his 16 for 16 performance i'm like he's making dunks he's making threes i mean i didn't see that coming i appreciated that but i definitely did not see Giannis getting the mvp at all plus on top of that i i, I hope this means that the rumblings that we hear about Giannis can go down with such an all-star appearance and such an all-star win as he got Let's see if he can take some of that momentum in the second season with him and the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, it was for sure a soft reminder that, you know, uh, he is still very much Greek the freak, okay? And, I, you know, I think it's so crazy because this season uh, the East has obviously gotten a lot stronger, you know, but these past few seasons the Milwaukee Bucks have come out most of the time in that first or top or that second seed in the East, you know, but – with the Brooklyn Nets kind of, you know, getting things shaken and as loaded as they are. And the 76ers finally looking like they have the answer to their process. Finally, um, it kind of leaves, you know, a little like, not we don't forget about them, but I mean, it kind of, you know, they, they, they're not really the big dogs of the East anymore. So I definitely think it was a soft reminder. Uh, curious to see the, you know, type of what it does for him this next half of the season with that all-star MVP. But it was exciting to see that. It was exciting to see, you know, Zion. He had a couple of nice dunks. Um, CP3 had catched a whole, like, oop from Steph uh, and also chased down James Harden, which was a little amusing to me. But overall, I appreciated it. Um, what were your thoughts on the format, you know, this year? What did you think about it? I mean, I would have preferred the older format because what you enjoy about the All-Star break is the family aspect of it. It's time. Like they really go on break. Like they take, they go eat their cheese sandwich for a minute and they come back next week. Like they go on break, you know? And, and, and what you get is you get them bringing their families, their sons, their daughters, and they can be a part of the experience. Um, um, I know most of the, the crowd expectation was taken away because our biggest um, iconic photos come from celebrities being there and the interaction I know I mean you you got Quavo playing over here and you can't have other people you can't have you couldn't have but the people that were there there but that's what COVID presents but this was a kind of light-hearted all-star break because 
last year, unfortunately, the All-Star Breaks um, backdrop was remembering Kobe. And um, although it was nice to have the All-Star Break, you also have moments where you, you're seeing Allen Iverson and the likes of Dwayne Wade embracing each other because it was hard to believe what was going on at that time. Um, Carmelo Anthony, they're signing roses and they're honoring Kobe. So although he will never be forgotten, he's never gone. And you hate the aspect of life going on in a sense after you lose someone tremendous. You're seeing that the Basketball Association and as lighthearted as they can be, has kind of, you saw what moving on and the transcending of the league is and things of that nature. And this year, last year was fun, but it was also this, this cloud over it of, of, of remembrance and who we're doing this for and this and that. And this year you just saw the, the freeness of it. Yeah, you saw the freeness of it. You saw it back to its, its origin. Man, rest in peace to Kobe. You know, I just honestly feel like you can never say that enough. I mean, you talk about the celebrity aspect of the All-Star Weekend, which is always dope and really entertaining. You know, seeing Kevin Hart take drinks out. I mean, LeBron James taking drinks out of Kevin Hart's hand. All that stuff's cool, you know. But in addition to that, it's also kind of cool to see, you know, the OGs and the retired ballers, you know, come and show their support, sitting sideline, instigating and, you know, you know, just, just being there and being amongst the experience too. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, we'll have many more all-star games and there won't be a Kobe there, you know? And, and I guess as a way of still keeping his memory very fresh and very alive, you know, with this whole little format that they play in where, you know, it's the three quarters and then you add up the higher the higher score higher team score and add a 24 in honor of him to get to the target score I think that's extremely dope um at first I was a little confused about it last last all-star when they were trying to introduce it but it really made sense and seeing it again this year it made sense too I, I think the bad thing about this year was that team LeBron was beating team Durant so bad that it low-key kind of like wasn't even really like you know it wasn't that easy to for them to meet that target score but it's cool. It's fun. I'm here for it. I like it. Um, you know, and I'm curious to see how um, the All-Star Weekends grow from that, you know. But in addition to that, this year they did something different. Um, not only did Team LeBron win, but HBCUs won. Um, as an HBCU grad, just like you, I'm pretty sure you probably were gloating with happiness um, to see um, – uh, HBCUs get highlighted at, you know, such a, a prime time. It was amazing to see the financial gain. They were giving out scholarships and they had different students there to, well, virtually there to represent their HBCUs. Um, it was an actual HBCU grad. Shout out to Robert Covington. And although he didn't win, it still was really dope to um, have an HBCU grad participating in the all-star activities. Um, you know, I thought the NBA did a great job with just making sure that we were represented greatly. Um, they even went as far as selecting 11 officials that were 
HBCU grad. Shout out to Al. He went to to A and T. I, I peeped that they had an Aggie officiator. But I mean, those type of details. You know, the the court was designed designed by HBCU grad. They raised money for the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. You know, and United Negro College Fund. You know, it was it was just really good. You know, the financial game was awesome. But I think more importantly, you know, just seeing us be able to be represented. At such a prime time in our culture, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's so necessary right now to continue to keep, you know, black voices alive in every aspect of it. So what did you think about how we were represented? As we know, uh, um, Miss J, the, the NBA is just totally different when it comes to being able to properly use your platform and what the players do and what the Players Association do and what Adam Silver does. And they never dropped the ball. And everybody was wondering how the how the basketball, how basketball was going to continue to grow and continue to grow, especially with this uh, um, plight for in social justice. Mm-hmm. Now that there's no longer a bubble because the extraordinariness of the bubble. And we got to also pay homage to the WNBA players just because there was the, no bubble and it was back to a regularity to a degree. Would they be able to continue to do this? And every chance they get. Even going to LeBron James last week and what he said against Latin and and and, and him telling him to just stick to just stick to sports and that we're not going to do this. Every chance these players in the NBA, these uh, these ball players get in the NBA, they show their behinds in the most beautiful ways when it comes to exposing their culture. African Americans, HBCUs, Chris Paul walking, um, wearing a different HB, uh, HBCU every week. Now you're coming to games wearing HBCU jerseys. I don't get how beautiful it isn't. Beautiful it was indeed, indeed, indeed. I wish we could have a whole like HBCU like week, you know what I'm saying? And like each team represent a different HBCU for that week. And I, I, I don't know, it'd be It'd be a very lit, lit situation, and I think I'd be here for it. <laughs> but I am going to pull an Oprah on you, and I'm going to revisit something that we had talked about before when I asked you earlier um, what was your favorite part about the whole All-Star Weekend, and you said seeing Dame and Steph, you know, on the same team. Now, I'm going to be that person that tries to separate them, and I need you to pick and a- answer this question. Who do you think is the better shooter between Dame and Steph? Okay, nothing against Dame, Damian Lillard. Love Damian Lillard. I'm big Damian Lillard fan, but I think that what we saw in the off season with these two, especially when with Steph being hurt, is that Dame said he worked on his long range game. So, granted, it's always Dame time, and Dame time can come at any time, and the next thing you know, he done scorched you for about 15 straight, and you're like, what the hell happened? Where did he come from? No, he's been there the whole time. He was just waiting on the time to attack you behind, and he <laughs> finally got you, and it's like a stingray, and the next thing you know, you're looking up, and you walking out to the visitor's place, and you done lost this game. But um, it, the thing about Steph, he said he worked on his long-range long, long range game he perfected stepping out a little more and ha- having that shot. Whereas Steph, it was Stephless, effortless from the beginning. And you saw Steph Curry coming al- around a whole bunch of screens, coming around, coming around off the ball on his own, just pop propping it up wherever he was. 
So um, we're seeing the evolution of Dame Lillard's game and the fact that, oh, he ain't the only one that can do that. But we've also seen that Steph can already do that. So, um, but we're also looking to see what else Steph has to offer, you know? Because as much as he have an outside game, one of the big things everybody used to cry about is the fact that Steph has made the game so unproportional, unproportionate because he has such an outside game. Can he deliver like the rough and tough um, point guards of the past of an Allen Iverson who, yeah, he could shoot the mid-range jumper. And yeah, he can shoot from the outside, but the majority of his buckets came from attacking the big dogs in the middle. But that also means that we have to get some big dogs in the middle whereas we don't have any big dogs in the middle in this league. And if Giannis is the only one trying to play inside the middle and they're telling him, no, he has to step on the outside, this game is like, what the hell do we make of it? It's not the same anymore, you know? You literally fell into my unpopular opinion about Steph Curry because people can call me the biggest hater because it's like I see Steph as an influential player. He has has influenced this game tremendously. I mean, you have LeBron in your – 18 thinking that he can shoot it from the logo you have Giannis who like you said you're telling him he needs a shot and bead Ben Simmons I mean Trey Young is he's influenced how people prepare for this game and I'll never take that away from him and it is exciting to see and things like that but I mean I think that's why when it comes to the Steph and Dame argument I'm always team Dame because I feel like there's more to Dame's game than just you know 40 footers um but I, I don't know, you know, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. Give that, that man deserves all of his flowers and then some. But as I mentioned before, we are at the mid, the mid mark um, for the season, which is so crazy to think that we're at the middle of the season, I guess, because it's condensed and it's shorter. I don't know. But um, so much has happened thus far. You know, a lot of teams started off slow and picking up. A lot of teams picked up, started off pretty, you know, good and now have slowed up. It's, it's a lot of different things going on right now. If you would have asked me at the beginning of this season what I have picked uh, the 76ers to be leading the East or the Utah Jazz to be leading the West, I would have completely disagreed with you. Um, I, I just, I don't know, the 76ers, I, I didn't know if, you know, the process was ever going to make sense or if it was just always going to be a process. But one thing I do know that is certain is that Tobias Harris is having a great season, definitely make a running for most improved, averaging about 20 points a game. Uh, Joel Embiid is obviously playing MVP caliber, you know, style of play, averaging 30 points right now too. But I'm just not buying it yet. I'm just not buying it. I think Brooklyn is still the bully of the East and the team to be most feared. Um, and we've just seen Philly let us down so many times in the postseason. Granted, this year they do have a new coach in Doc Rivers, and like I said, it's been looking like things have been making sense with the progress, but I'm not too crazy about it. Um, right behind them is the Brooklyn Nets, and as we know, they recently uh, acquired um, another person, and Blake Griffin. Now, do you think that Blake Griffin is adding is, – is, does he make Brooklyn this four-headed monster or is it just another veteran player that's added to their roster? This so. isn't the same Kia Soul all-star break jumping over the, 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 the car phenom that we thought Blake Griffin was going to become. He's, he's regressed the last couple of years. So. About six surgeries ago on his knees. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you sound like me. You just think it's an, another veteran player added to their roster, which is cool, you know? Like, I don't think that he won't be beneficial. I just think that this whole theory that it's another threat in the team, they ain't no more as powerful as they were without him than they are with him, okay? Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. What are your thoughts on the Bucks so far? Um, I think they'll find their way to be competitive, but at the same time, people have figured out how to play the Bucks. They figured out how to play Giannis. Like I said, there has to be a different dynamic there. And until they figure that out, I I, I just think that, they, that they'll just be a team that can be a top of the East but can't get it done for the East. So, Call me a hater, but I am not mad at the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks are no longer the big bullies of the East. Although I did think that the Drew Holiday pickup was amazing. Him and Giannis have been working out fairly well together. Um, but right behind the Milwaukee Bucks, we have Boston Celtics. And who knew that they needed Marcus Smart as much as they do? Um, I'm not really a Marcus Smart fanatic. You know, I, I believe heavily in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And, you know, you usually expect their talent to get them there. But it's looking like, you know, this year it ain't looking too good for Boston Celtics. You expect them to be in the thick of it every, every year. But now we're just, it's like, what are they going to be from week to week? Yeah. But uh, and we're unsure. Brad Stevens was that young coach that was changing the game. Is he that guy now to be in in in, in Celtics? Should the Celtics be looking past him now? Uh, do we want to blame Brad Stevens? I mean, in the seven years or eight years that he's been there, they've only missed the playoffs one time. Um, Danny H kind of admitted it. You know, they need to bring somebody in. It's his fault. I mean, they have a lot of young, a lot of great young talent. So. But, I mean, hey, I could be open to some the Celtics beyond a Brad Stevens to see what that would look like. Um, following the Boston Celtics, we have the New York Knicks, which, again, would never have predicted them being uh, this high at the midseason point. But shout out to Julius Randle, who is their first All-Star since Carmelo. Shout out to Julius Randle. This is just a building block. I think this is just something that the Knicks can take and continue to build on. Do we expect this, this Eastern Conference run? No. To see the Knicks back in the spotlight again, it's beautiful. It, it's so beautiful. And James Dolan, not even you can mess this up. Just stay <laughs> out of the way and sign the check. Shut up, my business. Don't do nothing. On their heels is the Miami Heat at 18 and 18, uh, split evenly. Now, I'd have to say, and I, I was a big Miami Heat fan last season. I literally called it. I swear, everybody looked at me like I was crazy when I said they were going to beat the Bucks. Called it in, like, January. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I definitely think, you know, COVID-19 protocols and injuries kind of got in their way. But... Overall, though, I mean, I feel like they've been a little bit disappointing with how they've started off this season. I mean, sitting at 18-8 and eight at All-Star break, you know, and you guys made it to, you know, the finals last year, eh, you're kind of expecting a little bit more. They're there. We know what they, they're capable of. It's the team that went all the way to the finals last year. That's not to be denied. So if I was the, anybody in the East, I would, I, would, I would just – and we all know what Jimmy – butler is he's jimmy bucket so um and and miami has been home for him granted i'm sorry jimmy it'll always be wade county but jimmy but but um he he's finally made a home in a place where he can be the guy down there in miami and i think everybody just needs to be aware that miami is there 
I definitely think that how they respond to this break will kind of, you know, set the tone for how the rest of their season goes. I believe in them. I think they could still finish a little bit stronger than how they have been these past few days. But moving on, we have the Charlotte Hornets, who are definitely are housing, I believe, the rookie of the year in LaMelo Ball, which, by the way, people, please, let's relax, okay? There's only one Mellow, and that is Carmelo, not LaMelo. Um, but things have surely been working out for them with the addition of Gordon Haywood. Uh, do I think they'll make any serious playoff noise? No, not at all. But, you know, because the East is a little bit weaker, they have a chance to be in there. Before we move over to talk about the West teams, the last East team in this, like, top 10, 9 bracket, whatever you want to call it, um, is the Toronto Raptors, who once upon a time were a defending championship team. Now, obviously, that was some years ago, and the whole makeup of that team is gone. But the Toronto Raptors look a little weak this season. They don't look like the defensive threat that they once were. I mean, they're now, I believe, in 18th in deficient defense efficiency. This is not the makeup that we're used to for a Toronto Raptors team. But I also don't think that the expectations are too high for the Toronto Raptors, which is kind of sad because, you know, they always give whomever they see in the playoffs a run for their money. Hopefully they can figure things out and play a little bit of more of that Toronto defense because we love to see it, all right? Now heading over to the West, like I said before, I would have never guessed in a million years that the Utah Jazz would be leading the West, but they indeed are. Um, mm, would have never predicted that. I mean, I could see why they're doing that. You know, they're playing some very cohesive basketball. Um, but yeah, it's Utah. It's okay. cute. It's nice. But come on now. <sighs> but 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 at the same time. Not, to back piggyback off that, a lot of people expect Utah not to be Utah because of the market that they're in, and 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 then not nobody's paying attention to that market. But Utah's been very productive, and has and 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 has been a young team that everybody hasn't been expecting to move forward. And, and I, I expect good things from them. I expect them to be competitive, and I I I think I do. I think that that's the, do I think they're going to stay where they are? No. And if they do stay where they are, they 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 still got to play the, the the champs in the playoffs, and they still got to play certain teams there. Put it like this: I think that the Utah Jazz have something they, that they could even use to their advantage or disadvantage in the fact that a lot of people do not fear Utah Jazz. A lot of people believe that the Utah Jazz are very beatable. I don't think that teams think that they are this unbeatable team, or I don't think teams fear them at all. Um, so they can either use that to their advantage, you know, and, and, and go into these things, you know, being underestimated and come out on top or it can be their disadvantage because teams could just go in there and not respect nothing that they put up because they don't see them as a threat. Either way, you know, I don't think it's my mistake that they are leading the e uh, leading the West. I'm sorry, but I mean, Utah's just not that exciting. I mean, nobody wants to see Rudy Gorbay and Mike Conley. I mean, Donovan Mitchell holds it down, but I mean, it's just like. Yeah. Mike Conley. Old Mike Conley. <laughs> Listen, this is not John Stockton and Carl Malone, okay? Relax. You, this is not them in Utah. <laughs> Literally. Listen, poor Utah, okay? I'm here for it, all right? Um, mainly because I don't think it's really going to make much of a difference. It's not super pretty or fancy, but it's efficient and it gets the job done. 
Um, following them, we have the Phoenix Suns, which I know everybody wants to go off and praise D-Book for his performance thus far, which rightfully so, he deserves it. But can we just take a moment to appreciate CP3? Because CP3's influence in this in this game, and you know, he's literally the point god. And I know a lot of people have their opinions about him, some good, some bad, and so be it. But what you cannot deny is, you know, his IQ and the way that he approaches the game. I mean, he did the same thing with OKC last season, you know, literally counted them out. He went there and he, you know, got them to be a playoff contending team. And the same thing is happening with the Phoenix Suns right now, sitting second in the West. Chris Paul is the ambassador, okay? He will own the league soon. <laughs> he will be, if, 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 if he would take Adam Silver's job after Adam Silver said this is done, then I would totally vote for Chris Paul because he knows what he's doing and he knows what he want, what the players want, and he really goes out there to try to get that for them. And, um, you know, a lot of people have to seem to forget, like Houston, Houston, we have a problem because, Everything, every sports team in Houston has been turning to bust because of something about the water in Houston where nobody wants to play there anymore because they don't know how to treat athletes, obviously. But um, Speak on. Houston gave him away for nothing. They basically sent him to Oklahoma, to Oklahoma City for career suicide and thought that he was a veteran, he was old, he was done. Look what he did to Oklahoma City. He is the ultimate floor general, always has been this generation's I don't know what other point guard has been better in this generation and what, and, and Devin Booker stands to learn so much. The Valley is going to be great. Um, it's going to be a lot of sun in the Valley for a very long time. And we have, I mean, we talking about all these teams that, you know, these markets that nobody paid attention. Nobody's paying attention to Phoenix since Charles Barkley, you know, and Devin Booker stands to, um, reap a lot of sowing from having Chris Paul around him that team in general, so. I'm here for the success of Phoenix Suns because I, I really hope that people are not forgetting how they went out uh, last season. They were a Karis LeVert layup away from being um, in that play-in tournament. But unfortunately, Portland was able to do it and beat Memphis and, you know, eventually lose to the Lakers. But, you know, they, they ended strong. And I think CP3, you know, like you said, he just rallied them up. And this group is really going to benefit – from having him. So I'm curious to see how the rest of the season goes. Hopefully Devin Booker can get right and um, finish strong. Following them, we have the LA Lakers, which I'll do the honors of this. It really all kind of relies on Anthony Davis's health for the remainder of this season. Um, I know people want to start, you know, throwing in the towel, but there's one thing that, you know, you cannot bet against LeBron James. Um, you had that little, like, streaky losing streak where they were losing to the Wizards and just looking kind of crazy. But um, I-, I really hope to see them make a large um, improvement um, for the remainder of this season, uh, depending, I mean, relying on the fact that Anthony Davis comes back fully healthy. Um, right after them, we have the Clippers, who I think are still eating their humble pie after their lovely playoff exit last year. Um, it, hey, is, are we going to get pandemic P come postseason? Are we going to get playoff P? You know, what are we going to get? You know, I mean, he is putting up phenomenal numbers right now. Him and Kawhi shooting a lot better this season than he did last season, but 
I mean, for me, it's very simple with the Clippers. What are you going to do when it comes to the postseason? So I'm just going to take their season as it is, and, and, you know, it all matters to me when the playoffs begin for them. Now we are on to the Portland Trailblazers, which is a team that I am interested to hear your opinion on and how they have played thus far. Um, Dame is... (laughs) I mean, we could debate that he may be possibly having an MVP season. So, you know, what do we think of a, of the potential MVP and the Portland Trailblazers? That depends on longevity and that depends on health. We all saw last year how they just got tired. Tired and Damian Lillard, his body broke down on him. So can they, can they continue to perform and continue to stay healthy and stay healthy in the thick of the playoffs? when it really matters because they can really change it up if they want to. Yes. Yeah. They, they are good for shaking a few tables and you bring up a good point about health. You know, we, they are still playing without CJ McCollum and Nurkic. So, you know, hopefully those two young men, you know, get healthy and get back right and get ready to join the gang and, you know, shake up the table a bit. What about the Denver Nuggets? Definitely had them, being a little bit more of a threat than what they are based on how they played last season and, you know, based on their playoff exit. I mean, Jokic is having an MVP season, very much so. But this just doesn't look like the same Denver Nugget team that everybody was kind of worried about last year, sitting in six in the West. Do you think that they will still pose the same threat that they posed last year? No. But I love Nikola. I love him. But, um... Denver just still young, still still putting it together. We still don't know what to make of Denver, but we do know that Denver is not going to be no slouch and they're going to be competitive, so I'll take that. Oh, yeah, I definitely believe that come playoff time, you know, or anybody even leading up to that, I don't think that the Denver Nuggets are never not going to be a competitive team, but is it is it going to be enough to get them over the hump? Only time will tell. Um, right behind them, we have the San Antonio Spurs, who I'm just flat out not convinced. Um, they're another team that's had – to miss a lot of games due to COVID protocol. Um, eh, you know, you can never really count them out when you got Pop as a coach. Um, and DeMar's holding his own. But do I think that they will stay in that seventh spot? No, I don't. I think that it'll be the AC, which is the Dallas Mavs, that'll probably end up in that seventh or sixth seed. Shout out to Dallas Mavericks. Um, shout out to Luka Doncic. That is a European sensation, triple dub, just whenever, wherever type of person. Um, What they will do with the rest of the season will be interesting to me. Will KP still be with them? Um, Even though they have denied that they, you know, want to trade him. uh, I think the reason why they even, they are as low as they are is because of, you know, the injury bug and him being out the first few games. So maybe now with him back in rhythm, if he doesn't go anywhere, it'll make a difference because they were exciting to see in the playoffs last year. And, you know, sitting in that seventh spot, that eighth spot in the, um, in the West, I'm curious to see what type of run they make for it. Now, if you are a Braun lover like myself, then this next team being in the ninth spot in the West is not going to bother you one little bit because for so long, they've just dominated the West. And that is the Golden State Warriors. Um, But it's even very, let's just take a moment to even talk about how impressive it's been for them to just be with Steph Curry holding it down by himself, essentially. I mean, shout out to their, their rookie, James Wiseman. He's been doing his thing and Draymond and Kelly Oubre and all those individuals. But they're in the ninth. 
seed in the West. Obviously, this is not the three-peat team, but do they still, you know, pose a threat for the playoffs? Will they stir some things up? Yes. I want to see how interesting they can make this. Klay Thompson's not there yet, but you still have Draymond Green. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, what better time for Steph Curry to show that he can carry a team than now? You don't have your splash, bro. I mean, your bench really isn't that deep. Um, I mean, so it's kind of like show up or get showed out. You know what I mean? He's having a phenomenal season number-wise, but can you carry this team to the playoffs? That's all on Mr. Mr. Chef Curry. Now to conclude our midseason report, we will end with the Memphis Grizzlies. Shout out to former Rookie of the Year, John Morant. Really was hoping that I was going to see him in the All-Star game, but you know, whatever. Thought that would have been exciting. I'm glad to see that he is back on um, the court. I know that they're playing without Jaron Jackson. I don't think that they will get any higher than the ninth or 10th seed. I think they'll have a position to do to for the play-in tournament. Um, will they get any further than that? Not particularly sold on that idea, but here for it. Um, but this is the mid the mid season right now. Um, I guess you could kind of look at it as like the halftime break. You know, you got your first half, and then you you go into the locker room. You know, you you get you get coached up. You have that conversation, whatever, whatever. Then you come back on the second half, ready to attack. What are these teams doing right now during their halftime break? You know, what does the rest of the recovery look like? How are they preparing themselves mentally, you know? In what ways are these teams going to come out and, you know, try to have a better second half if they had a, a weak first half or, you know, have a stronger one than what they had before, remaining on top? So it's a lot to be looking out for, but I am here for it. Now, we've talked about both the top teams in both the East and the West. What are you looking forward to? Which teams will you be watching closely in the second half to even make a run forward? Um, what are some things that you look forward to um, in this next half of the season? It's kind of a double question for me. In the West, I want to see what Portland and Phoenix can do. Most importantly, Portland. In the East, I just want to see what makes it a net. If they have all these people, will it mean – playoff success championship success and is it a bust if they don't what what would a critic say if this, this uh, it, it, what, what, what would their showing be in the playoffs oh please believe I, I will be the the number one critic okay I am a Brooklyn critic okay and I think it's very simple it will be a complete bust if they do not make it out of the east this year I mean they keep adding and adding and I mean they look great you know but it's a bust if they don't make it out of the East. Very simple. I mean, I, I was expecting them to finish first, but it looks like, you know, 76ers may have that down pack. But even if they do, it'll still be a bust if they end first and don't win the East. So it's just that simple. Um, for me personally, what I'm looking forward to is how well the Boston Celtics uh, change things up when Marcus Smart comes back or if they just are not what they the hype is centered around them to be. And... A lot is riding on Anthony Davis coming back healthy for the defending champions. Um, and if he is indeed not healthy or worst case scenario, knock on wood, it is worse than what they think. Um, you know, what will Braun do? How will the Lakers react? What, what, what will be the Lakers uh, this next half without Anthony Davis or with Anthony Davis? A lot is riding on him getting over this injury. 
Now, I'm doing this a little backwards, Mikkel, because I usually always start my shows off with this, but I didn't because I was just so excited to get into it. Um, but I always ask um, all guests, you know, because here on Shh, The Game Is On, you know, I really love to put emphasis on the voice of women in sports. Um, and I'm just curious to know, what does the presence of women in sports mean to you? The presence of women in sports is like, I mean, Renee Montgomery just showed us that. I don't think you, I don't think you have sports without women being involved in the backdrop of it. Behind every successful man in the game is a successful woman. And um, whether we're talking about it, whether we're on the sidelines, whether we're in the game, I just think that we're as important. And that's what I always want everybody to take out of. I understand that we can't dunk and we don't have this crazy stuff like the guys. And I just, at some point, I just wish that everybody will say that we're just as important and we are just as knowledgeable. And I hope we're coming to a circumference where it's not about gender anymore, you know? Well put. I always fall in love with everybody's answer because it always, it always hits another point to it, but, but well put, um, I just think it's time that people start seeing how amazing we are and we don't have to always fight and scream and holler for it, okay? But thank you again for stopping by today. Um, drop all your socials so everybody can keep up with you and all that you have going on. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, every time you call me, I make sure I can at least answer the phone enough because you're always so great to me. Please follow me on at Mikkel Sade. That's M-Y-K-E-L-L-S-A-D-E. Like the singer, that is my real name. If you want to follow me and keep up with me, make sure you tune into your favorite sports podcast from the Airways Rolling with Ramos. Every Tuesday, every week it goes down. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook page, Rolling with Ramos. Also in my bio, you can find the link. We are on Linktree. So when you click the link in the bio, Every you want Rolling with Ramos, you'll get Rolling with Ramos because it has everything on there. You it, um it can take you to our YouTube page. Make sure you go and subscribe. And um if you miss the show when we go live from our Facebook page, you can go back and watch it. But when you click the link in the bio and you follow us on Rolling with Ramos on Instagram, Rolling with Ramos without the H on Twitter, and Rolling with Ramos on Facebook. When you click that link, it takes you to everything Rolling with Ramos. You do not have an excuse not to follow us on all our social media platforms. And follow us on um um on YouTube as well. We are everywhere you you get your podcast. So when you're on the go, take us when you're on the go. Um, put in them headphones, put in your car headphones. Do what you got to. We're on Spotify, Google Playlist, Apple Podcast, and um, we're just gonna keep it going. And I want to just send a shout out to the best co-host a girl can ever have, Tristan Morris. I'm nothing without him, and I truly mean that. Shout out to her co-host, the good old Tristan. Um, my girl gave you all of her socials, all of the information that you needed to know. Please be sure to check her out. Follow her. Listen, listen to Rolling with Ramos. I'm pretty sure you will not be disappointed. Um, my good sis covers it all. And when I mean it all, I mean it all. But again, thank you guys. Welcome and welcome back if you are coming back to season two of Shh, the game is on i have so much in store for this season i'm really excited to be relaunching this all i ask is for you guys is patience with me on this new ride but the content about to get brazy 
Until next time, you guys, stay safe. And remember, ladies, now's your time to tell men. Shh, the game is on. It's Jay Rochelle, and I am out. Okay, the game is on. I'm in.